Well, thanks for joining us again as we continue our walk through the Bible. Um, five days a week, we're working through that together at Czech Row Community Church here in 2021. I'm going to include a link in the um, description of the podcast here to the online version of this reading plan, just in case you may have misplaced that. I'll probably throw that out a few times through the year here where you can get on and print yourself another one. Um, we can get you another one of those at church as well if you would rather have that. We are on week six this week, and we'll be covering Exodus 16 through 31, and then we finished up the book of Ephesians um, with Ephesians 4, 5, and 6, and started Paul's epistle to the Philippians, the Philippians 1 and 2, and then we looked at Psalm 33, 109, and 90 this week. So that was our reading for this week, and so that's what we are going to be talking about um, as we spend some time together. I do want to let you know, I as you go through the book of Exodus there, especially in the section we're in now, you're getting some really detailed descriptions of the tabernacle and of the furniture and the instruments of worship that were included in there, and I am kind of working on finishing up a study on the tabernacle, and so I think next week we will spend our time looking through why those things are important to us and why they matter, why those things are included in Scripture, and we'll get some more of those things in our reading as we continue through Exodus this next week. So I do want to spend some time thinking through those things together and focusing on those things, but I'm hoping now that we can spend some time um, at two places in God's Word, and that's in Psalm 90, and then we're going to look briefly at Philippians chapter 2, the beginning of that verse. I'm sorry, the beginning of that chapter together. Um, Psalm 90 was in our reading this week, and I just want to read Psalm 90 to you. I don't know about you, but I've found it really helpful myself to listen to scripture read as I read along in my copy of God's Word, and it just seems like that it jumps out to me a little bit more. Maybe it causes me to slow down and to read it at a little bit different pace, but to see it with my eyes and hear it with my ears helps me to usually have a different understanding. So, I hope that you have a copy of God's Word there. I'm going to read Psalm 90, and then we'll just talk a little bit about why this was important um, to the people of God and why it's important to us today. So the first thing I'd like for you to notice is that this is a psalm of Moses. There are not a lot of psalms of Moses, but this is recorded as a prayer um, from him. And this is how it starts, Psalm 90, verse 1. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You return man to dust and say, Return, O children of man, for a thousand years in your sight are as but as yesterday when it is past, or as a watch in the night. You sweep them away as with a flood, they are like a dream, like grass that is renewed in the morning. In the morning it flourishes and is renewed, in the evening it fades and withers. For we are brought to an end by your anger, by your wrath we are dismayed. You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. For all your days, I'm sorry, all our days pass away under your wrath. We bring our years to an end like a sigh. 
The years of our life are 70, or even by reason of strength, 80. Yet their span is but toil and trouble. They are soon gone, and we fly away. Who considers the power of your anger and your wrath according to the fear of you? So teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Return, O Lord, how long? Have pity on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love, that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us, and for as many years as we have seen evil. Let your work be shown to your servants, and your glorious power to their children. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us, and establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. You know, as we read that psalm, I think it can be easy for us to just pass it by and to to move quickly through that. But what Moses is doing here is important for us. He is praying to the Lord and he is reminding God that he has been our dwelling place. He is the one they look to. He is the one that brought them out of Egypt and performed the miracles before them and carried them through the desert and showed himself to them. And Moses is just reminding God and reminding himself that God was before all things. He is from everlasting to everlasting. And so we may not understand fully his ways, but he is God. And then he goes on and he describes the power that God has through the middle part of this psalm. God is eternal. We, of course, are not. But to the Lord, a thousand years are as yesterday when it is past, or as a watch in the night. It is fleeting before him. He sweeps them away as with the flood. They are like a dream, like grass that is renewed in the morning. It flourishes, and then in the evening it fades and withers. That's a thousand years to the Lord, the one who was before all things. He is powerful. And so that is why verse 7 and 8 say, For we brought to an end, we are brought to an end by your anger, by your wrath we are dismayed. You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. Moses recognizes that he is a sinful and broken person. He recognizes that God is absolutely holy, and that God has brought those sins to light, and that he is the one who is going to look over them when we approach him in the correct way. And for us, it's through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. It's putting our trust and our hope in him, because it is not in our power to do it ourselves. Our lives are fleeting. Our days pass away. Our lives are short, 70 or 80 years by reason of strength. And even that time that we have on this earth, Moses says here in praise, it's toil and trouble. Those years are soon gone. So teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Verse 12 is so important there in Psalm 90. I don't know about you, but it's really easy for me to lose sight of what is really important. It's really easy for me to not have a proper perspective. And the perspective here that we need to have is that we should number our days and recognize that that is a short time that we have on this earth. 
to do things for the Lord, to offer things that are pleasing to Him. Help us to recognize that our time here on this earth, 70, 80, 90, 100 years, whatever it may be, that those things, um, those years are fleeting. And in doing so, we gain that heart of wisdom because we look to God, the one who is eternal, the one who says a thousand years are as yesterday or as a watch in the night. The cry in verse 14 is to satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love, that we may rejoice and be glad all our days, that we may not forget what God has done for us, that we may not forget that God has been our dwelling place. You know, this dwelling place that he talks about back in verse 1, that, that is absolutely what the tabernacle is about. It was a dwelling place of God that was with man. God set all of those regulations and those specific things out so that he could come and that he could dwell with sinful men and that their sins might be atoned for. And Moses here is asking the Lord to satisfy us with a steadfast love so that we may rejoice and be glad and not forget what he has done for us. How blessed are we that the New Testament tells us that the tabernacle, the dwelling place of God, is now with men through Jesus Christ. We're going to look at that next week together when we think about the tabernacle and what that means for us. But he finishes this prayer, let the work, uh, let your work be shown to your servants and your glorious power to their children and let the favor of the Lord be upon us. Establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. God, you are the one who are power is powerful and you are the one who is everlasting. And so Lord, we're asking that you, you would establish the work of our hands. God, that you would shower us with your mercy, that you would help us to be satisfied in your love so that we can look to you as our source of strength. I think it's a really great reminder for us because it's so easy for us to think very highly of ourselves. I want to turn in just a moment to Philippians chapter 2, and we are going to see there the perfect example of humility that's given us in Jesus Christ. I'll also include down in the description of the podcast here a link um, to a, a song that's recorded by Shane and Shane, and it's the, the words to Psalm 90 that they put to um, those words of Scripture to song. And uh, I think it's a wonderful way for us to worship, is to sing Scripture back to God. So that will be there that you can take a look at as well. Let's finish up these few minutes together by looking at Philippians chapter 2. The dwelling place of God is now with men, and it came through Jesus Christ. You know, our lives are full of struggle. They are. Some of that's self-inflicted. Some of it's because we live in a sinful world. But if we trust God, and if we trust in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, we, we trust that he's working all those things together for our good. We trust that he is the one who is making us more like Jesus each and every day. And so here's the example that Jesus gave us on this earth. This is Philippians chapter 2, verse 1. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affliction and sympathy, 
Complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. Being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Such powerful words from the Apostle Paul here, and such a challenge to the Philippian church and to us as well. That because God, who has been our dwelling place since the beginning of time, who has shown himself faithful to us, has showed us the ultimate act of love and mercy in sending Jesus Christ, he challenges us now to live in the same way that Jesus lived. He says, do that not out of selfish ambition or conceit, but do that in humility. Count others more significant than yourselves. Let us not look to our own interests, but also the interests of others. And he says, have this mind among yourself, which is yours in Christ Jesus. You know, as I read those words, I'm just reminded of how quickly I fall down in those things each and every day. I think by nature we are all selfish people because by nature we are all sinful people. And so when we have selfish and sinful people living with and working with and breathing with other selfish and sinful people, it's easy for us to see why there's so much conflict, why there's so much hardship, why there's so much struggle, why there are so many things that just point us away from God. But Paul's encouragement here is that because Jesus Christ came, you can choose to do it differently. And you can choose to look to the interests of other people instead of yourself. I don't know about you, but that is a reminder to me of God's steadfast love, as Moses writes in Psalm 90, that we should we should be looking for that and we should seek that out. So I guess I just want to encourage you today that as you consider how this week has gone, you can consider whether or not um, it's been the way that God would have it go in your life. And you might say, yes, it was, or you might say, no, it wasn't. You can choose to do it differently from here on out. You can choose to have the same attitude in yourself, which is yours in Christ Jesus. He offers that power to you, and he offers that ability to you because he is so good and because he is so gracious and he is so merciful. He was humble enough to come to this earth so that we might know God. And when we choose to trust him, we can humbly look to the good of other people above ourselves. And I know that's hard. I know that that is a challenge, especially when those people don't return that same humility, when they don't return that same respect. 
I just want to encourage you that no matter what situation you are in, you can have the mind of Christ that is yours through his sacrifice, and you, you can choose to live as he did. And when you do that, when you do that, you are bringing glory to God the Father, just as Jesus Christ did. He brought glory to God the Father by being obedient to death on a cross. And because of that, God lifted him up and exalted him, and God was glorified. And friends, when you and I choose to live in that same way, when we choose to recognize that first, God is our dwelling place, secondly, that He is powerful and that He is eternal, He is reminding us each and every day of His steadfast love. Because of those things, when we choose to live humbly, we can give glory and honor back to God. And others will see Christ in us, and ultimately God will be glorified in them as well. That's a choice that you and I have to make. We have to make that choice each and every day. I hope that you will this week. I hope that you will recognize God's goodness and that you will choose to follow in the example of Christ's humility to us as we go each and every day. Well, thank you so much for joining us here, and I just pray that um, God's Word is spoken to your heart. I pray that you will choose to live your life by the power of those words He has given to us. I hope that you can join us next week when we go on to week 7 and take a look at the tabernacle and what that um, description of God's dwelling place with men from the Old Testament, what that means for us today. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day.